0: Hey, Doug. Hey, Karen. And hey, listeners, we are here for a very special episode of Hollywood Boulevard.
1: Yeah, it's kind of an anomaly. We're leaving the block all together today, just going on the boulevard, because as some of you may know, if you Listen to us for a while. We typically record these on a weeknight, kind of late in the night, but even h- doing that, sometimes we still have more work to do. So we're going to record this Hollywood Boulevard, and then I have to leave to go back and take care of some more day job stuff at night. Because, um, you know, we work hard for the money.
0: Right. So that only leaves us time for one or the other. And we skipped a few Hollywood Boulevards. And this is an important Hollywood Boulevard because the Oscar nominations just happened. So we were like, hey, we'll leave the block, we'll go to the boulevard. The block will always be there. The block will always be there. So we're talking Oscars, and I actually watched something on Netflix that we can talk about. So w- what should we do first?
1: Well, I mean, I'm curious. I want to know all about this Netflix show, but what do you what do you want to...
0: Okay. First? Well, let's, yeah. let's just dive right into Virgin River.
1: This is the show. Tell me everything.
0: Okay. So, this is a Netflix TV series um, that's got a 7.6 out of 10 on IMDb, and 97% of Google users liked it. Now, I saw this. Okay. So, you know, I belong to all these different, um, like, like book reader groups, not writer groups on Facebook. Cause I like to see what readers are reading and what they're into and what they're talking about and
1: what... Which is very smart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So one of the groups was like one of the women in one of the groups was like, Oh my God, have you guys seen Virgin river yet? Because that's got some serious Kristen Ashley vibes. Now, Kristen Ashley is a romance writer that I read a lot of her books. She's uber popular Um, you know, make, always like sells a ton of books a month anyway. So I was like, Oh, this sounds kind of interesting. So maybe I'll watch it. And so like, I've been on this fast, um, this detox for the month of January and on the weekends, uh, (laughs) uh, weekends I'm fasting. So weekends is just like me and my couch and, and, and that's it because I can't move when I'm fasting. And, I'm watch- and so I was like, plenty of time to watch Netflix. And I was like, well, I guess I'll watch it this weekend. And, you know, I had tried, like, I had tried those sort of treacly Christmas things, um, you know, around the Christmas season. I couldn't get through it. And I was, like, fully expecting to be like, this sucks.
1: More of the same treacle. I am addicted. Okay. So what is it about the the show? What is it? Tell me more about the plot, certainly, but also like, you know, the tone, that sort of thing.
0: Okay. So it is based on a series of novels called Virgin River by the novelist Robin Carr. I've never read these, never even heard of them until now. Um, and it premiered back in December, December 6th, and it seems to be one of those series that might be starting to catch fire, that kind of came out under the radar and maybe is starting to sort of, like, snowball. I guess we'll see what happens, because it took me, like, like, a month and a half to even hear about it, right? Um, so the conceit is, it's a fish-out-of-water story where, like, big-city L.A. nurse moves to a remote part of California called—the town is called Virgin River— and it sort of uh, seems to, like, be on the – I guess it's near Eureka. I think it might be near Washington State. Um, so it's, like, way, way up in super California. North California. Super north. They have to wear coats. It gets chilly. Um, so she's a mid- midwife slash nurse practitioner, and she moves from L.A. to this town, this small town. And we get these little flashback scenes where they start to piece together her life for us, her life before in L.A. And they do this with a few of the characters, but it's like mostly her um, that you're really sort of like doing a deep dive into the backstory. And so it slowly sort of comes out why she's there, what happened to her husband, um, you know, and, and why she is in Virgin River without him and why she needs this fresh start and so when you st- when it started out like it start I was like well this is going to be a rom-com because it started out like definitely fish out of water super funny um she like she like cra- like draw like her car fell into a ditch Um, the, the doctor that she works for ended up being the guy that picked her up, but she didn't, to take her to town, but she didn't know he was the doctor and said something about, Oh, I have to go work for this town because the doctor is really old and he gets insulted. And then, you know, so it's like this sort of like, you know, she does everything wrong. Oh yeah.
1: Misunderstandings. Got to adjust. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like she gets, he drops her off in like the cabin, she's supposed to be staying in this like country chic, rustic yet charming cabin. And all it is is really, really rustic and broken down, right? So, so, so it's like this whole thing where you think, oh, this is going to be really funny, and then it start of take start of, starts to like take really poignant turns, right? Hmm. So it's a little bit like Gilmore Girls.
1: Yeah. Okay. But, I get. I, I definitely see that.
0: But without that sort of rapid fire sort of dialogue, and, right. and the dialogue definitely isn't as sort of clever and as Gilmore Girls. So it's kind of Gilmore Girls light. Um, but you know, of course there's a bar owner and he looks like he's going to be the love interest, but he's kind of got his own baggage that he's dealing with. And anyway, so, and then, and then they have like these little satellite stories, all kind of dancing around our two, our two main characters and about, you know, relationships within the town and people falling in and out of love and stuff like that. And and it's really kind of great to sort of see how she sort of makes her way through this little town, this little quirky town, and and how they'll get along and of course there's a big bad on the other side of the river and that's there are oh. mar- there are Ill- illegal marijuana growers. And I think I'm on like episode 8 and something like the past couple episodes, more has been happening with these marijuana growers, but like now it seems to be like kind of accelerating uh, their storyline to sort of, the, they're pro- we're probably like going towards like a series finale with them as the sort of like big, bad, really terrible thing happening. Um, but it's been really great. The cast is fantastic
1: who are some of the actors and is this filmed like on location somewhere in like the Pacific Northwest or is it Canada? I think it's Canada, Canada,
0: but I mean, it looks great. It's beautiful. Um, Alexander Breckenridge plays is the lead. She plays Mal. Um, she was in like a bunch of movies and she was in, I think she was in, um, she was in, what's it called? The walking dead. I think too. Oh. So hmm. uh, for like a year or two, like a, at some point, I'm not sure where she was. So anyway, she's in it. Martin Henderson, he's a New Zealand actor. He was oh, in Grey's Anatomy. Him. Yep. Yeah. He's in this. Um, and I guess he was in the ring, which that must be he where was, I know yeah, him from. He's,
1: he, yeah. He's Naomi Watts's ex in that.
0: Oh, that's where I knew him from. Cause I never watched Grey's Anatomy. Um, uh, Colin Lawrence, I don't know him. He's a new one for me. He's a London born, brought up in Vancouver. Um, but here's like the sort of great ones. Okay, get ready. Are you sitting down? Hold on to your hats. Annette O'Toole
1: Aww. plays
0: the mayor of Virgin River. She's phenomenal. And Tim Matheson is the doctor. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like, so these are sort of like the main characters. But then like Danny Gillies is in it as the, 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 the her no longer husband and, um, and like a few other like recognizable people, but those are kind of like the big, you know, the bigger names that people would know.
1: Do I know Danny Gillies from anything?
0: Uh, yes you do. He was in the vampire diaries and the originals he was on saving hope. Um, the medical themed show. Maybe you don't know him. You don't know him.
1: Maybe I would recognize him. The you name to me doesn't him. ring a bell, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I think he was in like something else too, besides like what, what else was he in? Um, TV wise. Like I felt like it was, uh, hmm. Oh, I guess he was like in one episode. Yeah. Uh, no, I guess it was saving. Hope. He was in seal team too, but Oh, for the pilot. He, yeah, that's right. He died in seal team like right away. Spoiler, uh, <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, you you would probably know him if you saw Saving Hope. That seems to be the thing that he's most known for, but I of course know him from The Vampire, Vampire Diaries and The Originals. Um so I'm kind of giving that like if you're like into sort of like romancy cuz it's definitely more romancy than Gilmore Girls was. Um, because that does seem to be kind of what's driving the plot. Whereas the relationship between the mother and daughter and Gilmore girls really was driving the plot and the family dynamics. Um, but you know, if you're cool with like, you know, a more romance based TV show, I would say give this a whirl because I'm really enjoying it.
1: And uh, are there 10 episodes? 10 episodes,
0: 10 episodes. And it got picked up for a second season. so So Netflix is doing
1: another season. Do you now know a bit more about the book series on which it's based?
0: No, I still know nothing about the books. I'm probably going to read the, uh, at least the first one now that I've been watching this. But I know nothing. I know absolutely nothing. I know nothing about the writer. I mean, I know her name, like her name is familiar, Robin Carr, R-O-B-Y-N. But other than that, no clue.
1: C-A-R-R?
0: C-A-R-R, yeah. Yeah.
1: I feel like I've seen that name, but I knew nothing about anything she'd written.
0: Yeah, that's the way I feel too. Like I'm like I know that name, I've seen that name, but I know nothing about that name.
1: Huh. well, so, let me know how the rest of uh, the season goes.
0: I will. I've only got like two more episodes because I've I like really binged it over the weekend. Um. And and I'm and I and I dug it. I really really dug it. Well, I'm Doug. <laughs> yeah, you're um, Doug.
1: You know what? We are uh, proud of ourselves for nearing the end of watching ourselves. What? The Handmaid's Tale. We are finally, uh, like, an episode and change away from the end of season three. So season four will be, whenever it returns, I don't even know that they've begun filming that season yet. Probably sometime fall of uh, 2020 it will return. But um, we have finally caught up to um, the we, – we, we had – separately seen season one and then together we started watching seasons two and three and it's taken us the better part of the fall and now we're here in the winter um but close to the end and and Alyssa I should say has for her entire life been a huge Margaret Atwood fan and she's read every single one of her novels so she's not late to Margaret Atwood but she didn't think she would like the series and it turns out well we think it is flawed and has its ups and downs and they don't know what they're doing with it. Um, it's got a really terrific cast and, and we like continuing to stay in the world of Gilead that Margaret Atwood created. So we're happy to have finally uh, um, known what that is.
0: Well, that's really cool. It's I, I feel like a terrible feminist. I didn't watch it after that premiere episode, which I really enjoyed but for some reason I guess I didn't enjoy it enough to go back to it.
1: Well, I think what the general consensus is Is that each season sort of sags in the middle So I think a lot of people have different (laughs) Difficulty keeping up with it Um, And then like The seasons start strong And then end kind of strong So it's definitely picked up Now that we're closer to the end Um, But I really feel like They don't know how to maintain this world Beyond uh, the blueprint That Margaret Atwood created Interesting
0: yeah, I just kind of wonder if maybe I'm just it's like it's just too it's just too difficult a time right now to even watch something like that.
1: Well, there is that. There <laughs> is that. I understand that, yeah.
0: There is that. So hey, should we move on to ha to the Oscars?
1: Yeah, I mean it's a hard world for some people today, that's for sure, but but it what actually isn't of, for me.
0: What a bunch of weird nominations though
1: you know they are and they're not what I'll say is that I don't think this is a great year for film I think I probably said that last year and the year before and the year before that because I'm an old old man get off my lawn but um, uh, you sort of get a sense by the end of the summer what the big contenders are and what the big narratives that have been constructed by their publicity machines are so I've sort of known what the big movies are and who the prominent actors that are front runners are blah 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 And while I had a couple ones that I was really pulling for and hoping would get in, um, there were also a couple that I was kind of actively rooting against. And I didn't really get my wish for the ones that I wanted to sneak in there, um, but I did kind of get my wish for the ones that didn't get in there.
0: (laughs) All right. Can we just say, though, it's like Oscar's so white and also Oscar's so old at least in performance by an actor and a supporting role
1: nominees. Yes to both of them. Um, I do have something sort of controversial about the Oscar so white thing to say, and I didn't have something sort of sweet to say about the Oscar so old thing. Um,
0: Well, I will say this. I was shocked about all, like, the Irishman. I mean, come on. I couldn't get through 30. I felt like... You guys are, like, nominating that just because it's its sort of like... It's like, instead of a Lifetime Achievement Award, Mr. Scorsese, we'll just give you another
1: Oscar nomination. Well, yeah, it does feel like it's probably everyone's last at bat. And what, what you see across the board feels like a lot of legacy nominations. Yes, yes. Um, but but to me, there's some of my favorite actors like Anthony Hopkins and Kathy Bates, people like that. Jonathan price. I'm like, good for them. Get in. I don't really think that things like Richard Jewell and the two popes or the Irishman are Oscar caliber, hmm. but I also don't think that. A long- We're going to have
0: to wait a minute for Doug to tell us what he thinks. Cause he, we've lost. We're aus-
1: I I'm back. I, know, um, we I will say nothing. <laughs> uh, I I don't know how much you missed, but I would say a lot of the ones that people are now out crying about on social media as snubs. I will say, I don't think those are particularly Oscar caliber films or performances either. So what I
0: take this is because that's controversial.
1: It is, which is why I prefaced it two minutes ago and said it's controversial, (laughs) Um, but it's, but it's true. And I don't want to name drop, but I will provide, you know, evidence for my thesis. Um, The Farewell is a sweet movie that I liked, um, that had a fine cast and said things that we know about differences between cultures and among generations. Um, but it's nothing, it's nothing groundbreaking and it's nothing extraordinary. It's a sweet film that it's not in the Oscar conversation doesn't diminish what it did but it really wasn't so great. There was a lot of hullabaloo all, all year long about Lupita Nyong'o in Us. You know, that's a... only semi-completely thought-out popcorn horror film that I think she actually acts badly in. So, there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I don't think I said the one that I was actively rooting against that I was very happy didn't get in, and that's Jennifer Lopez.
0: I was wondering if that was the one, because everybody was giving her Oscar hype.
1: Well, she was crying out for it. I mean, out of nowhere, before anyone had seen the film, she already had her machine being like, oh, Jennifer Lopez should get Best Supporting Actress. And and then you started getting these think pieces about, we've never taken her seriously enough, and she's always been so great. And I'm like, really? long story short it's people say oh she's so great and we've taken her for granted and i'm like when in made in manhattan the cell
0: out of sight
1: see that's the one people always say and i think out of sight's a great film but i also think that's a director's film and i think she was molded more than she did anything super you also people think, say selena. Great,
0: people think that's a great film i did not like that film i actually loved her in selena she was wonderful in selena
1: i think those are two that i'll say yes yeah, she was fine in I think those are good movies, but I don't think that's, you know, she was robbed then. Um, So, I mean, that's what I, but but I, when I did see the the list of nominees this morning, I said, oh, no, Jennifer Lopez. Oh, no, Lupita Nyong'o. We said, that will be the narrative that everyone writes about today.
0: Okay, but what, okay, let's talk about the Joker, though. There are a lot of people going, what the fuck? WTF, man.
1: Okay. I'm going to have to ask you to repeat that.
0: Okay. <laughs> the Joker. I want to know what you think about the Joker. Cause a lot of people today were like WTF. What the fuck?
1: I have to plead the fifth on that because we haven't seen it.
0: Oh, see, I haven't so seen, I seen it either.
1: Can't. I, we are going to watch it. Um, we got a copy of it. Um, and my beloved is a huge Joaquin Phoenix Stan. So, so in this house we do kind of root for him. Um, I, I don't know that it's a movie for me, to to begin with. But I kind of don't like any of the vitriol that I see thrown its way because it feels, you know, just just so partial and and uninformed. Like I think I don't even know if the people that are hurling insults at it have seen it. I've seen similar insults for JoJo Rabbit. I'm like I don't even know if those people have seen this movie to understand and appreciate what it is.
0: Right. Um, But Parasite got. A bunch of nods.
1: Yeah, sure did.
0: Wonderful. I'm very happy about that. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I love his movies.
1: I don't. I mean, I don't think it will win Best Picture, but, um, but it, but it's the first foreign language film I think to really have a lot of momentum in that field until since like going back to like the crouching tiger, hidden dragon life is beautiful era, um, you know, of Miramax. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, obviously for me, Parasite is the film of the year uh, followed by Knives Out. Um, so the one thing that I was really sad about was that there was no Taron Edgerton nomination for Rocket Man, um, which is 10,000 times the movie and the performance that Bohemian Rhapsody was last year. Um, but, but that category does include Antonio Banderas and well, uh, Jonathan Price in their first nominated per- for performances. So um, not Jonathan, so bad.
0: That's Jonathan Price's first nomination?
1: Yeah. Wow. He, he really didn't do that much, like, truly prominent film work. I mean, he's in Brazil, which wasn't a big Oscar hit. Right. Um, he has a small role in Glengarry Glen Ross. Ah, I said he has a small role in Glengarry Glen Ross. Um, and, you know, he won... Like 25 years ago, the acting prize at the Cannes Film Festival for a really great movie called Carrington, mm-hmm. but that didn't transfer to uh, to any sort of uh, Oscar campaign. Oh. I'm, times were different then. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't think there are a lot of films to get excited about, but I don't think there was this was an altogether bad representation of, of what the year gave us. Um,
0: well, what, do you, what about, I mean, everyone's sort of talking about a Gerwig being snubbed for Little Women. Did you see that one yet?
1: I have seen that one. And? Um, I was underwhelmed by Little Women, which I still think it's a good movie, but I think it's shy of a great one. And I don't think it's one of the best directed films of the year. Um, I'm not even sure I think it's one of the best adapted ones. I think the things that it does best is when it adheres to Lu- Louisa May Alcott's book. Um, and I think it's at its... Uh, i still hear you
0: i still hear you what are you hearing okay. on your end
1: i got one of the glitchy things so oh it my god like- well
0: you just i just came right through no problems
1: okay well then i'll Weird. keep talking um i think Greta gorig is a major talent um i i think the, i disagreed with some of what she did with this adaptation of little women um my i think uh it's kind of a daring narrative where where she has like split chronologies uh, from the book, um, and it is a more sort of empowered version of Amy, who is the youngest, uh, and that's Florence Pugh, who was nominated. Um, there's two things that I find are absent from this adaptation. And one is the intimacy, the closeness of the sisters and Marmy in, in the March household. Mm. And the other is the poverty that they faced. I don't really get a sense of either of those the way I have in, in the past and, and in the book. Okay. Um, so, so to me, I, I, you know, I could feel her fingerprints on it. Um, if I were to have nominated different directors in the best director category, I wouldn't have put her in the five, but maybe Taika Waititi for Jojo Rabbit or Ryan Johnson for Knives Out. Um, But here's something that we haven't talked about uh, that I would put in zero categories this year. And that's once upon a time in Hollywood, which I think is Quentin Tarantino's worst film by, I haven't
0: seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet.
1: Um, I think it is a joke. That you have a category with Joe Pesci and Al Pacino and Anthony Hopkins and Tom Hanks, and Brad Pitt is going to be the winner among them. Um, I think it's. I think it's first of all a leading role, not supporting, but also I don't think he's doing much. And um, I thought we were good because he got a producing Oscar for Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, good. So we're done with that. But I guess he really wanted his his acting Oscar too. So yeah, we have was- to just bow.
0: I I was going to say, does he have an Oscar yet? Maybe this is just one of those things where they were like, well, close enough. Let's give it to Brad.
1: Um, I mean, I think that's what it is. But it's also, um, you know, you put out there enough that you want it, which is basically how Leo won his for The Revenant four years ago. And when you're that, I believe, powerful, um, visible, you know, I think I think enough people just vote for you. And I know it's different voting bodies at these different awards, but but the you know, the straight line through all of them is I think you have to be, you know, popular and show you wanted enough to win.
0: Right. Well, we should also, I also want to jump to um, documentary feature nominees just because they never get any love. Sure, <laughs> I
1: haven't seen any of them this year. I
0: have not seen any of them except for American Factory, which was fan freaking tastic. And um, that's
1: the one that the Obamas were co producing. Yes, that was right. the one yeah. that
0: had the Obamas co producing, and that was the one where they, it was the, the Chinese glass manufacturers, uh, windshield glass manufacturers. Um, opened their plant in the heartland, you know, like around Motor City, you know, in Michigan, um, opened, opened this plant and that sort of like, you know, crossing cultures between, you know, the Chinese workers and the American workers and, um, you know, and how the, the Chinese bosses, you know, management wanted things run and how that didn't fly, real, you know, here in the United States, you know, and it was just a very interesting look at, at, the, at this dynamic between the two cultures.
1: Um, and that's on Netflix. That's how you saw it, right? That's
0: on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix really took it home this Oscar season, huh? I think they got What's something that? like 20 nominations.
1: Yeah, I know that it made a huge imprint. Um, so I.
0: Oh, now we've lost you, Doug. Maybe he'll come back.
1: I'm back. Okay. Um, wait, did I lose you again? No, you're here. Oh, okay. Um, Irishman... Uh, has 10 and Two Popes has a few and um, I feel like they have like three or four of the documentaries I could be wrong I might be telling lies um, but but yeah and did they do one of the animated films too
0: uh, possibly I'm not sure everything that they did but I did see that it, they've got like 20 nominations
1: oh also best song there's no Beyoncé for The Lion King.
0: Oh, that's a surprise.
1: I thought for sure she was going to get in.
0: Oh, huh. that's a surprise. Well, there you go.
1: Oh, and I think there's that song oh, that Mary Steenburgen wrote for that movie about when she, like...
0: Lost Dog again. Guys, we lost Dog.
1: I'm back, I'm back, I'm okay. back. The Mary Steenburgen song... About that movie where she, like, had surgery and went into a coma. Uh, okay. I th- I mean, I feel like I'm talking in Mad Libs, but I think that's a thing that really happened that they made a movie about. Hold on. Uh. I'm gonna look this up. <laughs> uh. I'm looking up, guys. You haven't lost me for once. Okay. Um... Oh, I'll talk about two performances that are really, really good, didn't stand a chance, um, and didn't get nominated. Uh, should not be forgotten. Um, Alfre Woodard in the movie Clemency, and Mary Kay Place in the movie Diane. And Diane is available on Hulu. Oh, okay. Um, so those are two kind of hidden gems from the year. Oh, and speaking of hidden gems, no love for uncut gems with Adam Sandler. I was which so is, surprised legit, about that. Which is truly legit. Yeah. What? I mean, legit, as a good as like as a good movie and a good performance and and should have gotten more respect is what I meant.
0: I mean, do you think it's because it came out so late in the season?
1: I think it's because it's a small movie, it's an indie film, it's gritty, it didn't have a huge marketing plan or budget, and even with Adam Sandler in it, like You know, his movies do huge when they're big commercial movies. But when he's doing, you know, someone a favor and showing up in this small thing about, uh, you know, a Jewish Diamond District hustler, you know, it has limited appeal and just did not have a big um, promotion going on. And I think that in a a competitive couple of categories, especially, I just don't think it was able to rise.
0: Oh, I'm just disappointed because I I heard it was really good and I heard that he was wonderful.
1: He was. He was. Um, yeah, the movie is like two shades shy of being great, um, but it's good and everything about it feels.
0: And we lost Doug again. Wow, this is crazy. It was going so well.
1: I'm still looking this Mary Steenburgen thing up too. By the way,
0: okay, okay. Well, anyway, um,
1: did you get the last thing I said about? No, how everyone was good? no oh. we missed it. Oh, I was saying how everything about it was good.
0: Basically. Yeah.
1: And yeah. that Idina Menzel was in it.
0: Oh, I always wonder what, like, like I'm always like, is she, does she ever, like, is she ever in anything anymore, or does she just like do concerts?
1: Um. Well, I did see her in concert, and she's got Frozen too right now.
0: Yeah, but like, is she in it? Is she in Frozen? Like, I mean, like as a character, or is she just singing?
1: No, she is. Wait, am I making that up? That she was. One of the two, she's Elsa, right? Is she? I don't know. I I never watched Frozen. Oh, yeah. She's one of...
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, she is in it.
1: We lost Dog. Yeah, she's Elsa. Yeah, she voices the full character. She doesn't just sing the song like they did in the 90s.
0: Oh, see, because I totally thought she just sang the song. This whole time.
1: No, she um no she that was like her thing. Yeah, it was her and Kristen Bell, which I guess a couple of weeks from now we should talk about the good place when it ends its series run.
0: I still haven't seen it. Because
1: I have things to say.
0: Okay.
1: Um I'm just looking this this thing up about the Mary Steen Virgin song because someone has to do it, guys. Okay. What are this year's nominees for Best Song?
0: Not her. Not her. I just saw them. Hold on.
1: Frozen 2, Toy Story 4, Rocket Man, Harriet.
0: Breakthrough. We lost you.
1: We lost you.
0: You know, what's crazy about the, um, we lost you, but what I was going to say, uh, what I was going to say, what's kind of crazy about these, um, the nominees is it's kind of like I'm looking at this it's kind of like looking at like a nominee list from the 70s with some of the names that are on here
1: yeah to I, a large degree isn't to say that there aren't still some new faces that showed up um well, and were let in But
0: and Harriet
1: oh yeah no it's true you've got Randy Newman and Elton John yeah
0: yeah and Diane Warren yeah I mean come on Who,
1: yeah <laughs> By the way, Diane Warren never won. And I think that's a little silly.
0: I'm surprised at that.
1: There was always, like, a bigger ballad, I guess, than hers that year. Wow.
0: Well, that's it. So,
1: so that's, that's Oscars in a nutshell. Um, it's only a couple weeks away, Karen. It's less than a month away. So so we'll be peppering the next few Hollywood Boulevards, I think, with a bit more movie talk. And then again, um, I'm sure I'll be recapping the Oscars uh, in just uh, like four Mondays from now. Um, But yeah, just just to reiterate, not a fan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I dare someone to give me a good explanation as to why it is uh, better than I think it is. Well, (sighs) and I say that as a Tarantino, mostly fan. Wow.
0: All right. So we we did the Oscars.
1: We did the Oscars. We did a good.
0: We did the Oscars. We did them good. Okay. Doug's got to go to work. Um, <laughs> okay. Karen's got to go to bed.
1: <laughs> um, Karen's got to Keep fasting soon. Yeah. Karen's
0: going to keep Karen's going go to go back. Cause if she can't eat, she's going to go to sleep. Um, and I guess we will see you guys next time when we're, where are we, Doug?
1: When we're back on the block. For
0: real. There you go. Okay, bye.